Hey, this is Hillary Crowley, and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. We're bringing it all together today on the map of healing with the chakras. We're coming to the second chakra. Um, my partner for this second chakra voyage we're going to take today is Elvis Presley himself. We're going to have um, all that we need. Um, with Elvis Presley, hear that little ding. It was like, wow, where did he come from? Uh, all we need to know is that Elvis was called Elvis the pelvis. And I'm going to quote him by talking about, you know, if you like music, he said, uh, if you feel it, you can't help but move to it. That's what happened to me. I can't help it. And that second chakra energy, that part of you that feels music deep in um the 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 in your body like in the bowl of your body which is the second chakra the pelvic bowl um swaying to the music i was uh in preparing for this i was thinking about how to talk about the second chakra um it's right next to the first chakra um the first chakra is the legs and the base of the spine. The second chakra is the pelvic bowl. It resonates in that beautiful color uh, of orange. So think of the orange color and how it mixes and connects and uh, connects the yellow to the red. That's what. That's exactly what orange can do for us is just like have a full range of expression. And... Um, it's fiery. It's the color of fire. It's the color of creativity and that spark. Um, I was working with a client who was talking about feeling in a void, feeling, uh, no, not talking about being in a void, talking about being in the dark. And I said, that's okay. It's okay to be in the dark. And quickly the response was, why would you say that's okay? Why is it okay to be in the dark? I said, because you can feel the dark. And maybe what you can't feel is a void. A void is sort of the void, the absence of feeling. And she said, hmm, that's a long, long journey. And I said, well, you go from a void, which is not feeling anything, not even an awareness, which... um in the healing work that I've done, um, I've been able to feel that with people who suffer from deep, deep despair. Um, probably you could diagnose it. Um, it's a void, um, a, being non-existent. Um, it's the, it's the shadow side of the narcissist, which is everything being self-centered, but the reason why it's self-centered is because you have to create, um, you have to create texture and material around you as if you're invisible. So you have to have everything stick to you in order to know your own form. The problem is, is that that inside of you is totally void where there's that illusion of void. So, um, that's, that's where darkness is a step away from darkness is being aware of existing. And, and then I said, but what about, you know, the, because you're with dark, with the darkness, you need the spark. We all know that, that just a spark of light can break up the darkness. We know that we know that it's a, just a, a real thing. Stand in a dark place and light a match and you don't need a lot of light to change the entire space. And so the second chakra 
has that spark energy to it. Think of it as being your your um, the spark of the of, of the beginning of lighting a fire. And uh, you can even think of your body like that as the first chakra as being the um, the earth and the second chakra as being um, the beginning of fire um, rooted in whatever your fuel is, that second chakra fuel. Um, that is the second chakra also does represent the beginning of life and reproduction. It represents the beginning of uh, the creative spark it, for writers, we actually call it our spark. Like, give me a spark. Write about, you know, here's a here's a you know common writing spark is there was a knock on a, on the door that I didn't expect. Go, you have a room full of ten people. Start writing. There was a knock on the door I didn't expect. Ten different people will spark in ten different directions, and then twenty minutes later we'll all read you know the couple of paragraphs that we wrote about the knock on the door that we didn't expect. See the spark in that? That's the creative spark. Um, so Elvis Presley, Elvis, his name means the wise one. Elvis means the wise one. If you want to name your child Elvis, look it up and it means the wise one. Um, he also had a nickname, Elvis the pelvis. Pelvis means bowl vessel, cup, receptacle. Um, you can track the meaning of the word pelvis to Latin, Greek, Norse, and Sanskrit. And it means the container, the bowl, the goblet, the full cup, even the basin. When I do meditations around the second chakra, I like to imagine that we are holding a bowl in our lap, which would be not holding with our hands, but holding with our second chakra itself and let it fill with the beautiful energy of orange. Let it fill with the beautiful energy of, um, of whatever we see to be creative and creating for us. The second chakra is the hardest thing to talk about, I find, in the work that I do because it's the furthest thing from, like, the, the language center. Um... If you're just describe why you're attracted to somebody, that reproductive energy, that sexual energy, that um, that connection, you know, to that part of our body, um, the pelvic bowl. Sometimes you don't know why you're um, connected to somebody as a, for as a partner, as a mate, um, but also drawn to a piece of artwork. Um, we know that Elvis Presley was considered a sex symbol of his time um, because the way he moved his body, he couldn't help it. As he said, I can't help it. <laughs> so I would be the ego and the inhibited brain would say, I can't help it. The music plays. I play the music. If you look at the beginning of his video for jailhouse rock, where all of he's all dressed up with all the male dancers with him in black and white um, shirts um, as an ode to the jailhouse. Um, it really looks like his second chakra is completely in charge of the dance. I mean, completely in charge of the dance. I mean, and when he starts that opening move, you'll see his hands are in the exact healing position that hands will be for self-healing for the second chakra, which is just right um, almost like um, – your thumb over your belly button and then your hand supporting your lower abdominal area. And he's sitting, he's like right there, you know, it's really, it's really uncanny. 
Um, so um, he's dancing and he says himself in his quotes, I can't help it. He just puts it all together and he lets the music move him, letting the music move you. I can't think of a better way to describe dancing. Um, there are different kinds of dances where you might not think that the hips are involved. If you think about moving the hips, that's how you identify the second chakra. Yeah. And so um, if you think about that, you'll find that maybe Irish step dancing, but Irish step, I challenge you to ask an Irish step dancer about their lower abdomen. And I'll tell you, they have the strongest lower abdomen strength and flexibility, incredible flexibility and incredible strength. And they feel the music right into their uh, lower chakra as if that's, as, as if that's the receiving area. And then for ballet dancers, who also might not be, you know, swaying like a jazz dancer, or rock and roll, even modern dance, like where their hips are, are much more controlled. Well, they're controlled because, again, of strength and supreme uh, flexibility. So, um, and they're always stretching and opening that second chakra area, and they're moving from that lower pelvic area, and there's a lot of... Um, a lot of opening and not rigidity and not holding. So have you danced lately? Have you danced? And have you been around a song that you love? And if you ever feel like you're in a position where you can't dance and you feel that buildup of energy where like you just wish you could dance, even if it's a song on the radio, but you're driving and you can't dance or you're at a party and your favorite song comes on and you can't dance um, that, 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 that buildup of energy of like, I love this song. I just want to feel free to dance. That's the second chakra energy. And when you loosen up that second chakra energy and you dance with it, that's when the energy starts to flow up to the third chakra, the fourth chakra, the fifth chakra, the sixth and the seventh. So, um, how we fill our lives, um, how we identify ourselves inside our tribe is the energy of the second chakra. The first chakra is belonging to the tribe. The second chakra is connecting to the tribe. And connecting means you are a vital force in that connection. You are a spark within the connection of the tribe. So when we think about other ideas of like an electric connection, there's a spark that carries, you know, from one point to another. And you are that. You are, you are the, you are the point and you are the spark. And in the second chakra is that spark of connection. So we can look at friendships, live in the second chakra, creative ideas, live in the second chakra. Um, pregnancy lives in the second chakra. Um, conception lives in the second chakra. Conception of ideas as well as conceptions of babies. I mean, we want to really think about the second chakra um, as a dance. So I promise to take you on this map of healing. I can't do it alone. Elvis Presley is helping me a little bit here. Um, and also, I want us to think deeply about connection itself. So when you think about dance, we think about movement. 
When we think about life and being alive, we think about movement. You have to move. You have to exist and move and find your way through the energy of the second chakra. I want to take a moment and just sort of drop down to a place beyond words where we go right into not an empty or a void of existence, but a full life of existence where we can feel ourselves alive, awake, connected, and wanting to dance with others. So you can't be in a healthy relationship where you ask somebody to dance, but you don't dance with them. You can't be in a healthy relationship where you ask somebody to dance, but you don't dance with them. I repeated myself on purpose because there's that vulnerability where you reach out and say, do you want to dance with me? I remember um, when I went to my first dance, um, my mother pulled me aside right before I walked out of the house. And she said, if somebody asks you to dance, you don't need to do anything other than dance. <laughs> and I was like, I, I get that mom said my little 12 year old self. And she said, but you do need to dance. Don't be one of those people who laughs and pulls away and says no to the person who got the guts up to ask you to dance. Because I think that's beautiful advice. Um, I think about it as dancing on the dance floor at a little you know, seventh grade, Saturday night, um, you know, party. Um, I remember uh, Bette Midler's song, The Rose. Oh, somebody's going to ask me to slow dance to The Rose. I don't want to, but I don't even remember who I danced with, but I remember that I danced. And, um, I think that there are so many ways that we don't say yes to the dance and it really hurts us because our ego, the part of us that's trying to come up with the right words, we want to be right all the time. We want to be in the know all the time. We want to figure things out. Well, I'll tell you something. The second chakra is so much more intelligent than our data collecting selves up between our ears. Uh, I remember that when I was pregnant, um, when we were talking about medical intuition, we were discussing at one of the meetings about the long reach of the possibility that the body might hold incredible intelligence. And there's this sort of well-meaning scarfing because it's like haha but the science of it you know all the all the textbook information all the anatomy we've collected on the body and i said yeah i thought that all the anatomy collected on the body is pretty was pretty amazing but i'm trained in medical intuition and i'm constantly surprised when i connect with the the spirit energy of the body the wisdom of the body how things come together in ways that don't actually seem logical or academic. 
Um, usually they do come down to science, science if you honor, you deeply honor uh, biology and cellular biology. It's, it's really fascinating. But I continue to be surprised because I'm not an expert in cellular biology. And so I will say, oh, that makes sense. I get that um, later on in hindsight. But my point is, is that we were having a conversation and people were saying they were actually citing a really well-known and well-respected acupuncturist in Maine who also everybody goes to because she's got this ability to nail down um, the medical intuition of the moment. So she, she, she does what I do um, in terms of being able to get to the root of an issue. And there was some joy around her, which made me really happy. And then there was some eye rolling around her, which made me have to interrupt. And I said, hey, let's keep in mind that um, as much as we think we know about the body, right now, I remember when I was pregnant, I there wasn't any thinking I could do to uh, decide the gender of my child anything about my child. There wasn't, there wasn't anything going on in my ego brain that could change the outcome of, um, the baby that's growing in my uterus right now. So I said, so (laughs) please never underestimate the power of the human body. And in this case, never underestimate the power that flows through that second chakra. That is the, the brain of the wisdom, of the soul, of the spark of who we are. There's your second chakra energy right there. And swirl that around with some beautiful red and beautiful yellow, and it is who we are in our physical being. It is who we are in our physical being. I really um, struggle to talk about the second chakra because I live up in my head with words quite a bit, especially for a podcast where this entire podcast is based on if I can find words for what I'm talking about. Um, so we, we think about creative projects. And the reason why I mentioned the piece about pregnancy is because creative projects also require a time and perseverance. And a spark, anyone who's ever really lit a fire, you don't just like throw a spark and expect the fire to go. You have to persevere to get that fire to catch on to the fuel. And the second chakra also has the perseverance. The dancers are on stage and yes, they look like they're floating and flitting across the stage. But inside their bodies, there is thousands of hours of training and practice and physically stretching yourself, um, working through discomfort in order to, to have a more flexible and a stronger body, um, to listen to the way, um, your instructor guides you. So there's, there's discipline too. This is all second chakra energy. It's all second chakra, Um, possibly the most complex chakra in our body. We'd like to think it's the heart, but the heart is very pure. We like to think that it's the voice. I'm in my fifth chakra on this podcast all the time because I'm talking. 
But that second chakra is that silent knowing of who we are in our own bowl of life. And for my meditation, I like to imagine a bowl, an orange bowl. It can be made out of clay. It can be made out of wood carved. It can be whatever you want to imagine it to be. It could be a sound bowl. Um, But find the energy of orange there. And just allow yourself to be held in something outside of your consciousness. The part of you that is created and creative. Um, find your way to thinking about where, where you can engage in the tribe. I love the artists because the artists are always talking to the tribe. Always. Whether it's a writer, dancer, a painter illustrator, poet, always talking to the tribe, always adding fuel, adding a spark to the tribe, not allowing us to go into the shadow of the tribe, allowing us to be gathering around the campfire. There's a beautiful piece um, by Sting who sang a piece called They Dance Alone. And it's about the women who come to dance off their grief together, um, dancing for the missing, dancing for the dead, dancing for the invisible ones. And that's another place that we can go. Sometimes our joys and our grief and our griefy joy and our joyful grief can all get mixed together in a place that's beyond words. And that mixing bowl is the pelvic bowl. In the process of history, we know that Elvis Presley came into popular consciousness, popular culture, when we were also coming out of war, going into other wars, but needing to describe and free ourselves from this regiment where we were supposed to dance a certain way or not dance at all. Um, He writes, Elvis Presley writes, some people tap their feet, some people snap their fingers, and some people just sway back and forth. I guess I sort of just do them all, I guess, he says. And so that that part of it that just says, I guess I sort of just do them all, I guess, shows you how he's outside of language. He's like, sort of, yeah, kind of, sway. Um, find yourself, I, ch- I ask you to challenge yourself to turn on a song that you love and stand there and don't let yourself dance. Don't let yourself move. Don't let yourself even tap your finger or tap your toes. Just say, I'm not moving. And you will feel this buildup of chi. That's your second chakra creative chi. That's your second chakra creative chi. And let yourself feel that build up and then go, yes, now I get to dance. And let that second chakra bowl overflow with abundance for you. We have so much more to talk about on this path. And the second chakra is definitely the greatest uh, challenge. 
It's our connection. It's the connection to friendships. It's the connection to lovers. It's the connection to life purpose. It's the, it's the connection to offspring and um, sharing and reproducing and um, supporting the tribe and um, helping the next generation. It's all about creativity and solution there. It also has to do with money and abundance because it has to do that exchange, that dance, that dance we're doing, that exchange. You ever see a dance between two people or five people where there's no exchange? They're not even agreeing on the same music? I don't want to watch that dance. We are all agreeing on the same music. I remember when I was um, taking ballet lessons in my childhood, um, there was a point one year where uh, it was more than one year. It was probably several years where we no longer danced to the record player the or the tape deck. Um, she wasn't setting the music up for us. We had a live pianist in the room playing the piano. And it's really quite remarkable to be able to dance having a piano player watching your moves. And I turned back. You weren't supposed to ever talk to the piano player. But at the very end of class when all was over, uh, the only person who can talk to the piano player is the ballet instructor. I mean, if you've been in a ballet class, the rules are strict. No leaning on the bars. You know, look straight ahead. Um, I actually loved the 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 uh, discipline of it. Um, very second chakra energy. I loved the classical music, and I loved the piano player. She was such a sweetheart, but also equally um, disciplined, so that we can all be working together, working together. That second chakra energy of not just belonging, but also connecting. So at the end of the class, I turned to her and I said, "I feel like." when I did that move across the floor, you changed the music a little bit for me. Did you do that for me or did the music just change and did I change for it? And she says, no, I, I know your, I know your gait. I know how you were going to do those turns. And I like that I can just ever so subtly change the music a little bit for you. She says, I find it helps the dancers and keeps them in their stride. And she said, and you noticed that I sped it up a little bit because to bring you back up to pace. And I said, you did that for me. And she said, I do that for you all the time. This is just the first time you noticed. And so there I am, I'm dancing with a musical instrument. I'm dancing and the musical instrument is playing for me. And it was in preparing for this, for this podcast that I was able to remember that, that, that I had the beautiful grace of taking dance classes with a live piano player for years it became second you know it came second nature for me so I probably let it fade away I didn't appreciate it and then I let it fade away but I went back to that moment of appreciation and remembered that we all can be doing that for each other we can be playing music for each other we can be reaching out and asking somebody to dance we can also just be saying yes as my mother said just say yes to the dance. Say, okay, I'll dance with you just this one dance. And allow yourself to hear the music, to sing the songs, to create the music, to play the music, to write the poems, to be creative. Just because you're participating, 
in the big conversation of life. You don't ever have to get to an art museum. You don't even have to get published. You don't have to be public about this. But as you keep creating, you keep building more and more into this human experience and collaborating. There's one funny piece I read about Elvis Presley. He said he never wrote a song. I haven't researched that deeply, but he said he never actually wrote a song. And in that way, it's all kind of a joke. But I would say I love it even more. So he was collaborating and connecting where one person was writing a song. He's performing, performing the song, dancing to it, singing to it. And others get to play instruments to the song. And now we have a bigger collaboration. I don't think Elvis was meant to be just a single entity um, alone. I think that if he is the energy of the second chakra, then it would make sense that he would just be the connector. Some songwriter, some dancers, some music, some fans, and it would just grow and grow and grow from there. Um, and he changed, he, he changed the face of performance and entertainment because it, he made it okay to move your hips and everybody loved it. And we didn't even know why it's so tribal. We don't even know why, why we love dancing, but we love dancing. So I, I ask you to keep dancing up this path as we go down the map of healing. And I thank you so much for allowing me to put into words the second chakra, the orange energy. I didn't you might notice I didn't list much off. I just want to give you the feeling of the second chakra. We are moving into a time where we're going to have to get very fluent in understanding what it feels like to just feel our humanity rather than calculate our humanity. Rather than judging our humanity, we're just here to observe and experience it and honor it in each other and in ourselves. That is second chakra energy, not trying to control how things will go, but saying yes to the dance, saying yes to all that we can possibly create in this world and, and honoring the grief, the joy, and the mixing of all the different colors of the reds and the yellows that bring us this beautiful hue of orange. Thank you so much for joining me today for the dance with the second chakra. I am grateful to have gotten through this part of our uh, map of healing. The next one will be about the third chakra, which is that zest, that will to live. Um, and that's when you start getting involved more with um, how we push ourselves into this world. But the second chakra is how we just hold ourselves in this world, the, the seat, the seat of our soul in many ways. So thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a beautiful day today. Enjoy um, all that you can. And I ask that if you enjoyed this podcast, that you will subscribe and hit the five stars. You can find us anywhere. You can share. And we will be back soon to get you to the next part of this 
of this journey um, to understand the friendships and the joy and the connections that are made inside the tribe of belonging, we grow through the second chakra. Keep dancing, everybody, and have a beautiful day.